the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Appleton. Sin Shoo Chew. Mouthful. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. On the line is always is the co-host, AJ Abelgarth. What's up, man? <laughs> you there? What's up? Yeah, I'm here. All right, man. Uh, yeah, so... Anything new with you, man? I know you've had off a couple of days this week. Anything good? Yeah, we were uh, having some some fun with with our daughter this week. She had some uh, some stomach issues a little earlier in the week, and you know we finally decided to hold her out of daycare. Uh, Heather's gonna end up staying home with her tomorrow and Friday just to see what we can get figured out. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that's good, man. Yeah, no, nah, she's she's all right. I think it's just one of those seventy-two hour things or whatever. Yeah, hopefully, you know. I know it's no, it's never fun when your kid is sick. Been there, done that a few times. So anyway, man. Um, so tonight we got a another big show ahead of us. Another draft fantasy football draft preparation show where we will be. Talking, of course, Ezekiel Elliott, Sam Watkins, um, Jordan Matthews, you know, the Bills and Eagles in general. We'll be talking a little ADP value. And then um, first, we will be talking about some fantasy football consistency. And a couple of years ago, we had Bob Lung on the show who writes the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. You can get it over on Amazon. Go ahead and search for it. It is definitely worth the read. It's one of my favorites because I, of all people, am a big fan of consistency in fantasy football and fantasy baseball, any fantasy sport. I want consistency. I want guys I can rely on. So I love talking to this guy. I think we agree a lot. So let's bring him on to get rolling here. Bob, you there? I am. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's up, Bob? How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so for those of you who are longtime listeners, you probably remember Bob coming on a couple years ago around the same time. Uh, he now, at the time, I think, what, were you, were you writing for so-called fantasy experts back then? I think I was. I think I was with you guys, and uh, with you know, I've always, I've known David and uh, you know our boys there for a long, long time. Uh, Doug Anderson and company, and uh, worked with those guys at Roto Experts for a while, and came on board with them for a little bit. But uh, I think it was that next year I finally decided just to uh, make my own site, BigGuyFantasySports.com, and basically dedicate it to fantasy football consistency and give somebody, you know, folks out there, 
the most comprehensive consistency information they can get for fantasy football. Uh, the guide has been out now for three years. Um, I'm honored to say that the guide was chosen by CheatSheetWarRoom.com when they did their annual reviews of all fantasy football magazines put out to the public. And they chose me as the best fantasy football guide of 2017. So I'm pretty honored and humbled by that uh, notification or recognition. So um, book's been selling like crazy. Uh, all this publicity is certainly helping and, and awards and accolades. So excited to be here with you guys and love talking consistency and fantasy football, as you know, Joe, and I know you are a big proponent of it and glad to yeah, have you have me on here to share all this knowledge with your listeners. Yeah, uh, definitely. Big congrats there, man. That's impressive. Uh, and, you know, obviously congrats on the, on the new site. I think it's been up for a couple of years now, but you know, yeah. I didn't get to wish you congratulations beforehand. So, um, anyway, let's, let's just, uh, let's just roll right into it. So obviously I think, you know, you just told us a little bit about the book. It's all about consistency and, but I mean, what really does that mean? I mean, is, is it all just formulas and math? Is there just a lot of numbers? <laughs> like, I mean, what, what does it really mean? Like, what are people going to expect when they open up this book? Well, I think the first thing, if, if they're new to the concept, and I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot of people kind of, and, and, and the basic simple premise is this. At the end of the year, you know, during your fantasy football season, you obviously want guys who score the most fantasy points for the season. That's an obvious. Um, however, some of those guys do that in a very inconsistent fashion about somebody like a Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, last year, I think he was a top 10 or has been for two straight years, top 10 in total fantasy points in, in, uh, as a quarterback in fantasy football in your standard four point per passing touchdown. However, for two straight years, his consistency of the scoring those points has been around 56% positive in helping your teams each week. And what that basically means is this. In a standard four-point-per-passing touchdown scenario, they, a quarterback needs to have about 20 points every week to earn what's called a clutch game. The more clutch games you earn, the more consistent you are, the more consistent you are, the more you're going to help a fantasy uh, owner's team. So 56% means that only 56% of the time in Roethlisberger scoring over 20 points a week in fantasy. Um, that is not going to help you win fantasy, your fantasy league when you've got guys like Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, et cetera, who are averaging, you know, have a consistency rating of 70 to 75 or 80% plus uh, in, in their leagues. That's just not going to do it. So it's not about, you know, it is about total points, but it's about how you get to those total points the more consistent the players are, the better off you're going to be. And, you know, and sometimes if you're that team that, man, every year I'm top three scorer, top five scoring team in my league, but I'm always missing the playoffs by one or two games, that's probably the fact that you may have had some inconsistent players that were hurting your team more than helping your team. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much how it works. Now, if you want to know how consistent the players were in your league, um, then all you got to do is come to the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website. There's a tool called the Clutch Report. You can put in your scoring method, and it can tell you the consistency of your players last year, 
And then during 2017, um, if you have a subscription to the site for the in-season, those players are during 2017. So that's pretty much all. Wow. That's actually really fantastic. I, I, I like that. I might have to go check that out, man. Um, so, so you, you kind of answered my second question, you know, roughly how do you calculate or define the consistency? So we won't go there, but I kind of have a, another question and I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, what exactly – so you're looking at year over year with these guys. What do you right. do with these rookies and these younger players <laughs> that there's no real right. data to go on for these guys? You're so right. There isn't. Consi- so, make these guys in the consistent <laughs> rankings. All right, well, let's start with rookies. So in the book, in the guide every year, at least the last two years, because that has been a question that everybody has hit me with. How do you identify a rookie that's – and how do you identify they're going to be consistent coming in as a rookie? And I said, well, first off, you're never going to see their profiles in a guide because they have proven no consistency in the NFL at this point. Um, So last year I started doing a cumulative article of – all of the draft picks since 2010, so now we're, we've got seven years of data, um, I'm only choosing the wide receiver and tight ends that have been drafted in the first four rounds. Soon, you should be a star or should be a starter in the NFL or soon to be starter. So, you know, I'm basing it on just those guys only. And what I found was, and what I was looking for was any rookie that earned over a 60% consistency rating in their initial season. Since 2010, out of 253 players drafted in the first four rounds at those positions, less than 8%, the actual, it's like 7.96% of those players earned 60% or higher season. Now, last year we had actually three, Michael Thomas, Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so even with those three, it's still under 8%. Um, so what it means to me, I don't draft rookies in the first six, seven rounds. Um, I want a core, consistent starting lineup. I will take a chance on a rookie or an unproven player after the seventh round as a backup or a bench player, I might take a chance on a Jamal Williams from Green Bay or a, you know, a wide receiver or a tight end, you know, maybe a, you know, OJ Howard or somebody as my backup tight end, but I am not taking a rookie in the first six, seven rounds. Now, last year people say, well, geez, then you got burned because you didn't pick Ezekiel. No, I made the playoffs in 13 out of 19 leagues. Ezekiel didn't (laughs) mean that much to me. Um, Now, you know, did it work for him? Yeah, but let's look at that situation. Perfect team, perfect offensive line, perfect situation, and a great talent. Um, it can work. No question. To be honest, did anybody see Dak Prescott coming? So, you know, it doesn't mean that they have to be a top five pick. doesn't mean they have to be a, you know, Jordan Howard actually earned over a 60%. He wasn't drafted in the first four rounds. He didn't even count in the calculation. So it doesn't matter. You know, it's hard to judge rookies 
um, just by that alone, just by that information. doesn't matter. They could be after the fourth round. They could be the top five pick. They could be a third round. You know, it doesn't matter. It just depends on opportunity, situations, and talent. It's very difficult to judge. So if people want to say, oh, I'm taking Fournette, you know, Fournette in the third round, I'm taking McCaffrey in the third round, okay, knock your socks off. I'm going to probably take, you know, somebody that I know is proven, that I know can do the job and has proven consistency in the NFL, and I'm going to take them in the third, fourth round, and you take your crap shoot. If it works out for you, good for you, but I've proven that it works for me pretty well. All right, so I got kind of a follow-up on that, and it's okay. a little difficult, but so you want to hold off on the rookies. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Do you change that strategy for a dynasty league? Well, to be honest with you, um, I don't play in dynasty leagues. I don't know if you can take this to a dynasty league um, because it's just a different scenario. I mean, you're playing for now, but you're also playing for the future. I mean, it's kind of like the same with a um, drafting in a super flex league. People are like, well, do you have the tier draft list that is on the website, you know, to help you with uh, your rankings and stuff? Do you have a super flex? I'm like, well, because how do you, you know, I guess you just pick as many good, consistent quarterbacks as you can um, in a super flex league, but it's just hard to adapt to that. But dynasty, I think, is more difficult because, again, you're kind of playing for you're also kind of playing for the future. Okay, fair enough. Um, so the next question we had here then, how how exactly do you look at injuries with your consistency ratings, such as like a player who might have been consistent for two or three years and then he suffers a season-ending injury? Um, right. And then, you know, he comes back the next year. Obviously, people are going to be kind of scared of that. But right. how do you factor that in? Well, I'm going to bring up two scenarios. I'm going to bring up the first one, which is a guy named Jordy Nelson. Um, before he got injured, he missed that almost an entire season. He was one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL prior to that, um, you know, with Aaron Rodgers at the helmet quarterback. He missed the whole year. Last year in the draft, because of the injury, uh, a lot of people said, oh, well, I'm not taking that chance on Jordy, blah, blah, blah. He's getting old. He's over the hill, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, I drafted Jordy in about every league I was in last year in like the second, third round because nobody had any luck for him. Um, but he had proven consistency in the past. And because he had proven that consistency to me, I felt that he was worth drafting and it paid off. Um, so in that scenario, you know, I kind of look at what is the past done for them and where are they going in the future? If they're healthy and they've been consistent in that same system, like Jordy was, then you want to, it's, I have no problem going that direction. Now let's go to a different guy, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed is made of glass, but when he's on the field, he is one of the most consistent tight ends in the NFL. The problem is you can't guarantee me he's going to play 16 games. Um, that's a different scenario because that is the, he's consistent when he's on the field. He just can't seem to stay on the field. Um, so that injury risk, I'll knock him down a few notches in the rankings because of his, uh, injury proneness per se, uh, going forward. And, you know, kind of like Gronkowski, like I love Gronkowski. He can be very consistent. He's one of the best tight ends in the league, 
but nobody can write me a guarantee that he's going to play all 16 games or I'd probably draft him, you know, in the second round, third round, like a lot of people do. But I never draft Gronkowski because I'm not taking a tight end in the first two rounds and he always seems to get hurt. So, you know, those are the kind of the different scenarios. I hope that kind of answered your question, but that's kind of how I factor into the rankings or the ratings um, when it comes to injuries. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I'm glad you brought up Jordy because for me, I, I looked at him the same way and, and saw how great this guy was. Right. And just to, you know, pat myself on the back, the, the league that I run with a, a bunch of friends, it's only a 10 team league, but we have keepers and the keepers are basically the one round ahead um, mm-hmm. for, for when you draft a guy. Uh, we also have an IR spot. So I specifically drafted him with my last pick <laughs> yeah. the year that he was injured. And then mm-hmm. I sat on him all year in my IR spot. And then I had him as like a 15th rounder last year. Uh, <laughs> I, and and he, he was awesome for me. So Yeah, I did the same thing in my auction keeper league. Um, I brought him up in the auction and got him for five bucks. Um, and then, had him, you know, last year, and you know, obviously, when most wide receivers are going for thirty-five or forty, I had him at five, and not a lot of people love that concept. But uh, hey, I didn't break any rules; I was just playing yeah. the game. <laughs> if you can find the loopholes and use them yeah. to your advantage, sure. why does that not be? Uh, you know, why is that not good? <laughs> They're just jealous because we thought of it first. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been telling people this for years on the show. <laughs> read, the, read the rules, find the loopholes. There's always a couple. Yep. Um, yep. So, all right. So we talked about rookies. We talked about injured guys. Obviously, those are newbies, and we got guys that yeah, might lose a little consistency due to injury, but depending on their situation. But what about those guys that? I mean, there's just natural progression in people's careers, right? You get the older mm-hmm. guys who are going to trend downwards. You get the younger guys who might go up. You know, how do you just how do you deal with just that natural progression of people improving and you know, getting worse year to year? Okay. No, that's a good question. And I'll tell you what, um and, and now this is where the guide comes into play. So uh in the uh fantasy football consistency guide, there are uh, hundred and seventy five profiles, uh player profiles. Now, that's you know, so most magazines you find on the thing will talk about we have six hundred profiles. Well, guess what? You don't draft that many players unless you're in like a 45-person deep league or something. Um, so, you know, 175 should give you enough. And then if you like some rookies, it is what it is. But there's three sections to each player profile. There is their last three years of consistency and total points, showing that how they've, you know, trended up or down in their rankings in both total and consistency. Um, there is a section that shows the home-away splits, for consistency, as well as against top 10 defense, bottom 10 defense, and then the average defense is in between. The third one, and this is what I use, look for those guys that are kind of trending in the right direction, is the earned by week in the prior season. And just like people do in baseball, I look for those guys that have that kind of consistent second half that Mm -hmm. at the end of the year, they may only have, let's say, six or seven clutch games out of 16 and you go, eh, it's, it's, it's not that great. But when you look at their season and they earned six out of, they earned all six out of the last eight games. Now you have my attention. 
A guy like Tyreek Hill last year is a perfect example of that. You know, at the end, he had 10 out of 16, which is very solid for, for him. But he had like eight straight or seven out of eight over his last eight games. Um, you know, he is definitely somebody who's trending upward. Um, and then on the other side of that is kind of looking at those guys the opposite of an in the second half um, or maybe over the end of the year that you kind of go, hmm, what was happening there? And, and a perfect example was not a guy from last year, but a guy from the year before heading into 16, and that was Todd Gurley. Um, heading into last year, drafted like five or six, number five or six overall. I was the guy standing there telling everyone that would even listen to me, don't draft Todd Gurley in the first round. He is going to kill you. And everybody's like, oh, Todd Gurley's a god. He's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, look, second half consistency was like three out of eight. He was not that good. People figured, the teams figured him out. They figured their quarterback wasn't going to beat them. So they stocked, stacked the box and they stopped Todd Gurley. Now, mm-hmm. Gurley did not earn that first round numbers last year, but he wasn't as bad as you think because they used him more in the passing game, which helped his PPR scoring. So he ended up like basically 70%, which isn't bad, but he's, that doesn't make him a first round pick. And so that was what I was trying to tell people was he's just not worth being drafted that high. You want to draft him as your RB2, that was fine. And that would have been good if you would have, but most people were on that Todd Gurley hype train and they were drafting him number five or six overall. Jay Ajayi is a perfect example of that for this year. Um, you know, he was not consistent last year, only 47% total. Um, but yet, you know, he was going a month ago, he was going in the middle of the first round. Now, I have seen that his ADP has tiered him down into the second round, which I think is more viable. But, you know, early on, I was like, people, you're nuts if you're drafting this guy that early. So um, those are the kind of things I look for for trending up or down. Um, but like I said, there's guys out there that keep putting up good numbers. Frank Gore is another example, 75% consistent yeah. this year. And oh. yet he's RB 28 or something in, in ADPs right now. And I'm like, well, what has changed? You know, he's still the main quarter. He's still the main running back. Yes. Robert Turb is there occasionally for goal line, but Frank Gore is a God. I mean, he works his ass off in the off season. He's ripped every year going into camp. I mean, yes, he's 33, but he was 32 last year. What changed that much? He's still a beast, and he's still going to get his, his yards and his touchdowns, and he's still going to put up good, consistent numbers. He's not going to bust off a 35-point week with three touchdowns and 200 yards like Jay Ajayi can, but he's going to score you 12, 15 points every week. And as an RB2 or an RB3 backup flex guy, man, I'll take him every day of the week. Me too. Me too. You, you you just uh, you, you just gave he just gave you a, a, there. a little yeah. a little bit of opportunity because he he's got a little I'm gonna, bit of a I'm gonna need a minute. Or, I'm gonna need yeah, a minute. so uh, um, Frank was that's, that's good. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a man crush on on that's Frank. That's all right. So, I, I'm I'm with you, brother. So, so, so I, so I have good, man, man crushes on guys that are consistent and win me games. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's right. Give me, the playoffs, baby. You give me the playoffs. Oh, you're my idol. Right. Kirk Cousins my man crush, so I'm there with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'll, I'll go with you on the Kirk Cousins. Go Redskins. Uh, anyway, I'm probably the, the loner on that one, at least. Uh-huh. So I, I have a little bit of <laughs> – the Eagles fan. Uh, so 
a little bit of a follow-up on this. So, like, okay, you mentioned about these guys have monster second halves. But what about if they have, like, monster second halves because the normal starter was injured? I mean, does their consistency then just kind of level back out to normal range? I'm thinking of guys like Rodgers last year. You know, Dracoy is Rodgers last year. He had a good second half. Right, right, right. Um, You know, when Doug Martin was hurt and things like that. Right. You know, like, how do you calculate that? I mean, that seems like a weird scenario to me. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think you have to look at the situation, you know, what happened and where it's going. You know, like I said, it's one guy who is trending in the right direction in the second half and continues to hold that spot coming into the 2017 season, like a Tyree kill, per se. But right. Jack, you know, Jack Quiz Rogers, who might have had a great second half because, you know, nobody was there to stop him from being the starter, it's one thing. And again, he'll probably start off this year because of Martin. Right, I was going to say, he might have a good first half too, but still. (laughs) I mean, and that's fine. Um, But on the other hand, you know, again, Jacquees Rogers, you know, it's not like, you know, RB14 or something. I mean, you can get him as a fourth running back on your team and give him a shot for the first three or four weeks and see how he does. If he kicks ass, good for you. I mean, it's kind of like the uh, D'Angelo Williams um, you know, Le'Veon pulls out, you know, he starts for three weeks and he sets the world on fire. Good for you. And you got, you got some bonus points out of that. But again, I think every, you have to look at the situation and see, are they going to maintain their role? Uh, and, you know, and is everything around them the same? Because if things change, then opportunity changes, you know, Sammy Watkins going to the Rams or Jordan Matthews going to the Bills. I mean, they're still probably going to be where they're at. I mean, I've never been, fan. In fact, if you looked at my draft rankings, I had like wide receiver 28, um, and I'm not sure I'm going to make it any better or any worse for the somebody got to throw the ball to him, but um, but you know, I've never been that guy who's like, this is the year, blah, 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 you know. Um, Eric Ebron's another one of those. Every year I was on a podcast <laughs> earlier today, and the guy's like, so you think Eric Ebron, this is his year to break out? And I go, no. He hasn't proved yeah. This year be any different than last year, or the year before, or the year before that, or you know, every year he's forty, fifty percent consistent, and yet people every year just have that. I gotta believe this is the year. Well, go ahead, you believe, and then I'll draft Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph and some consistent tight ends that I know I can count on. Brian, and tell me knows how that goes. Um, so, you know, like I said, I. I present the data and say, do what you want. I'm just showing you what these numbers show. And if you want to believe this is the year, and don't get me wrong, there's players that come out of nowhere all the time. Dak Prescott was one last year. And, you know, Kyle Rudolph was one last year. I mean, nobody saw this coming. Uh, you know, so it happens. But, man, how, how early do you want to draft players to take that much risk uh, in the first six, seven rounds. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to draft my core consistent starters. I'll take some flyers later. Um, but more often than not, I usually take the flyers, quote, flyers on consistent players like Frank Gore or, you know, uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel, who had a nice second half last year. Uh, you know, guys like that that might have some big games and might become more consistent this year. Those I'll take flyers on, but you know, uh, it, it, I just not going to take that much risk and, you know, 
people say, well, no, again, <laughs> they're not a 19 playoff team say that I did okay with no risk. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, something, you said something earlier and, and you kind of reminded me of it just now by saying, you know, you made 16 playoffs out of 19 leagues and that's awesome. Like it, definitely congrats for that. But I typically have very similar success, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I, I, I do have a lot of success where I make the playoffs a lot. And I'm always, you know, I Good. seem to be number one, number two seed a lot too, because I'm consistent through the years. So I beat a lot of teams, but then when I get right. to the playoffs, <laughs> right. I just happen to run into the damn team that, you know, in high risk, you know, yeah, you know, high risk, high reward type of deal. And I get blown out and I'm like, and so I'll tell you last year, I kind of reversed my thinking and was like, screw it. I'm going big. And I took a lot of chances and had a miserable season. Um, <laughs> the first time in an, ever I've had the worst, like the worst seasons of my right. life. Um, so clearly I'm going to revert back. I kind of enjoy make, at least making the playoffs. Um, right. but I'm kind of wondering, like, I mean, how do you deal with that once you get to the playoffs? Like, do you go with the consistent guy or in the playoffs does your yeah. mind think a little bit and you go, eh, maybe I got to go big here or there? Well, I think, you know, it, it comes down to one of those scenarios where matchups, um, but – Here's what I've always told people, because I've had people who have gotten to the playoffs, uh, you know, people that have reached out to me on Twitter, email, and they're like, Bob, so I'm in the playoffs, and I have to, I have to decide between Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is red hot. And I'm like, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Right. <laughs> here's what you have to think about. I said, want to tell your friends at work that you <laughs> lost in the first round of the playoffs because you started yeah. Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers or because a bad week. I go, yeah, you know, I get what you're saying. And sometimes that hot hand, you know, again, if you're looking at third wide receiver, okay. Sure. Between a, you know, a, a red hot, you know, like a Ted Ginn playing where, you know, uh, where you might see a couple bombs bad pass defense, you know, versus maybe a, a, a consistent, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall or somebody. But when you start second-guessing your, your stud, consistent starters, um, you know, unless there's a bad weather situation, you know, like last year I lost in the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers was playing in Chicago and, you know, bad winds and snow and, you know, I, I thought about it, but then I'm like, you know what? Le'Veon Bell scored like three touchdowns that one game in the snow. So, you know, yeah. you can't always, you know, it didn't break. It didn't Tom Brady throw like six touchdowns in a snowstorm on a Monday night sometime. Um, so it, it, bad weather isn't always necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I, I, again, do you want to make the playoffs and have a shot at the championship or do you want to roll the dice on big, big time risky players and not make the playoffs like you happened to you last year? I mean, I'd much rather have the shot for the championship. And yeah, I was in the playoffs in 13, 13 teams last year. Only four of them won. 
So you can yeah. go, well, geez, Bobby, it happens. you know, you only won four out of 13. Yeah, well, at least I had a shot in 13 of them. You know, <laughs> it was just a question that, like you said, I ran into, you know, wrong teams at the wrong time, or right teams ran at the wrong the time. Ball, and man. It happens, <laughs> but you know what? I don't know too many fantasy owners that are going to go, well, geez, I don't, I'd rather not make the playoffs if my team's going to lose. Well, <laughs> I got to believe most people aren't going to answer that way. They're going to no, go, hey, give me a not. shot to make the playoffs. I mean, I tell people, you know, in most 12-team leagues, eight teams are not making the playoffs. And I guarantee you those eight teams would much rather play shot at the championship than going, well, geez, look, I was the second-scoring team in the league. Did you make the playoffs? Nope. <laughs> well, then what the hell good did that do you? You know, yeah. unless you get some kind of bonus dollars for being the highest scoring team, um, you know, which is fine. Then give everybody a participation trophy and let's go. Um, but, you know, my goal is my goal is to get everybody that follows me and, and takes consistency upon themselves on their team to make the playoffs. And my thought is 75% of the world is not making the playoffs. So hopefully I can help them out and get them there. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like you've at least got to like take maybe your low scoring, consistent guys out and plug them in with maybe boomer bust guys, and maybe plug like one of them in during the playoffs just to hope mm-hmm. you get that like gigantic right. game from them, and like that's how right. you're gonna win the playoffs. I don't know. I'm like I'm like, I'm, like really reevaluating my strategy when I get to the playoffs, and took oh, a, yeah. I took nah. a different strategy in the draft and it didn't work. So I got to try something a little different this year, but right. um, so, so the last thing I want to say, you know, we, we want to bring up with you is, all right. So we talked about kind of general overall strategy is your overall way that you do the consistency rankings or ratings. Give us some surprise players, either guys that when people read your book, they're going to go, wow, this guy's in, you know, this guy's like super consistent. He, I should draft him way higher or man, I thought this guy was awesome, but his consistency rating is terrible. You know, one guy at each position that, you know, either is high or low, you don't have to give one each, but you know, just right. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, go for it. Okay. So at the quarterback position, I think I already talked about him, but like you said, I got a man crush and that's my boy, Kirk cousins. I mean, he was my man crush last year heading into the year. Uh, and there was absolutely no love for Kirk Cousins. But again, that second half of 2015, he was on a roll. He was earning consistent games, a lot of clutch games. And I was promoting him as a top 10 quarterback. And boy, you want to talk about ridicule? Man, I had people pretty much calling me everything from dumb to stupid to you got to be kidding me. Um, at the end of the year, he ended up, oh, I don't know, what, fifth in total points and sixth in consistency? I think I got that one. Um, amazingly enough, regardless of what he did last year, he's still at quarterback 11 or 12 in ADPs. And I'm like, people, you didn't see him play last year? Did, you know, yes, he lost to Sean Jackson. Yes, he lost, uh, you know, Pierre Garçon. But his boy was Jamison Crowder, who was also my consistent undervalued player of the year last year. I had him, like, in most of my leagues. Um, and I don't see any reason why things are going to change. They still have a marginal running game. They still have a terrible defense. He's going to have to throw his ass off. If he could see, keep Jordan Reed healthy, um, and, you know, we got Doxton healthy. They got Terrell Pryor, who is – heck, Terrell Pryor was consistent in Cleveland. 
So think about how much he did. So he's my boy this year. Um, again, I'm drafting him in a lot of leagues. Um, and, uh, you know, he's my, my quarterback um, when it comes to that scenario. Um, let's go to running backs. Um, let's talk about – let's go the opposite direction. Let's go back to Jay Ajayi. Like I said, last year um, he earned, you know, he was only a 7 out of 15 in clutch games. He was 11th in total points because of those two 200-yard games, but he was 28th in running backs in consistency at 47%. Will it go up a little bit? Could he be better? Yeah, I could see him getting to 60%, but he's still not an RB1 in my opinion, and I'm not drafting him as one, so that's my kind of overvalued uh, uh, running back from that perspective. When it comes to wide receivers, um, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, the, my favorite has always Jarvis Landry. Now I think things are going to change a little bit when it comes to the Jay Cutler scenario. So let's kind of step away from him just for a moment. Um, but I'm going to talk about a guy who I think is overvalued again, and that's Mike Evans. Last year, he's third in total points. His consistency was about 69%. He was 11 out of 16, which doesn't suck. But that ranked him 13th, and yet he's going as wide receiver four in the middle of the first round. It's just not happening for me. I, I, I have no problem taking him as my wide receiver two, but he's not making it out of the first round most of the time. So he's my overvalued wide receiver that I'm not going to draft. Um, let me give you a couple quick ones, though, if you're looking for undervalued wide receivers who also were 11 out of 16 in, in clutch or a consistency percentage, which tied Mike Evans, was Michael Crabtree and Golden Tate. And both of these guys mm-hmm. are being drafted way late. Not way late, but you can get as a wide receiver, easy wide receiver two, three. Um, so if you can get a stud like Jordy Nelson and then slap – Crabtree and Tate behind him after you load up maybe on a, you know, a top tight end or a top quarterback. If you want to go for that Rodgers or Brady, you can get those guys a little bit later. Those two may surprise people, especially Crabtree. You know, Crabtree was more consistent Amari Cooper last year and has been for the past oh, yeah, years. Oh, yeah, that Amari Cooper, absolutely. <laughs> like, it was yeah, really... Amari Cooper was, was one less. He was only one less, but Crabtree was better. He's actually scored more total points and was more consistent than Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is going as a top 10 wide receiver right now. Um, so those are my wide receivers. At tight end, I think I mentioned him a little bit earlier, Kyle Rudolph last year was the most consistent tight end out of the entire NFL at 75%. The only one who tied him was Jordan Reed, but Jordan Reed only played in 12 games. So for so um, Kyle Rudolph was 12 out of 16 in clutch games, he still has Sam Bradford, so there's still the man crush between those two. Um, their running game may be a little bit better. We'll see what Devin Cook does as a rookie. Um, but let's be honest, if Bradford loves him, he's going to keep throwing to him. And I think Kyle Rudolph will have another good 70 75% consistent year. He's going as a tight end maybe seven or eight in the middle rounds. Um, if you want to wait on a tight end, you, know, you don't want to get it you know, reach for a Jimmy Graham or Kelsey or uh, Olsen or Gronk, one of those guys, Kyle Rudolph's a great, and that may surprise a lot of people to see Kyle Rudolph as the most consistent tight end last year in the NFL. There's my boys. I don't, I don't think 
that that's much of a surprise for Rudolph. Probably because I owned him in, in multiple leagues and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, sold him you know. firsthand. But the thing was, last year, he never showed any consistency because they had Teddy Bridgewater and they had different quarterbacks. It was Bradford who came in and saw the value of Rudolph. Um, You know, Bradford doesn't have a big arm anyway, so he loved throwing to him, especially in the red zone. And so, again, I think the change in quarterback was the reason for Rudolph. Um, I Like you said, I had him in a few leagues. Most of the leagues, I picked him up off the waiver wire. And when I did, you know, I forget who I lost early on. One of the, I think it was Eifert or somebody early, maybe it was Reed. And um, I picked up Rudolph and ran him, you know, in a lot of leagues to, uh, you know, some fantasy playoffs. So, uh, again, I think he'll continue to put that up with Bradford there. And, you know, I think he'll continue to use him, uh, especially in the red zone. So, yeah. So just, just keeping in that and totally not necessarily – well, I guess it's kind of on par here. So Bradford staying there, and, and you, you sounds like you feel like him being the starter. What happens to Bridgewater? Because he was, you know, kind of up and down consistency-wise, but he was their guy, and obviously the injury changed that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Bradford comes in and has a, a good year. Right. I mean, I think Bradford continues to be the starter until Bridgewater can be – can prove he's fully 100%. Um, from what I've heard, he's not and probably won't be this year. Um, the only way I could see that happen is maybe Bridgewater is healthy by midseason, and if the Vikings are stinking up the field and Bradford's the problem, I could see them taking him out. But if, you know, Bradford's a good game manager, remember they started off, what, 5-0 and last year, 6-0? Yeah. Um, if he continues, you know, that defense is fantastic. If the addition of Dalvin Cook and – you know, Latavius Murray can give them a running game and they can start winning football games um, with a nice, you know, solid defense, you know, great defense and a decent offense. Um, you know, they're winning, you know, low scoring games. Then I don't see a reason to bring Bridgewater in. Um, but if they're, you know, two and six at some point halfway through and Bridgewater's healthy, then yeah, Bradford may go on the bench and they'll go back to the youth. But at this point, Bradford was winning football games until the defense started losing a lot of players to injury. And then they kind of just, you know, pretty much folded it up for the year and they just played, played the games as they played. But uh, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how the season's going uh, wins and losses wise when it comes to, to Bradford versus Bridgewater. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. So before we let you go, you mentioned Mike Evans and it's very interesting you know, I, I keep thinking about, you know, the, the top six picks in any league, standard or PPR, was really kind of locked in. It, it was, you know, right. a mix of DJ, Bell, Zeke, Odell Beckham, Brown, and right. um, and Julio. And then that, yeah. sixth, that seventh pick was always kind of up in the air. But now mm-hmm. it's that sixth pick. And so you're going, what do you do? So who is your new sixth pick say say it's ppr you know you got it down between okay. mccoy evans green freeman you can throw in an other if you really need to right. like who are you picking and why um obviously each league is different if um you know you're you're you know i think it's going to be one of these two people it's either LaShawn mccoy um or 
it, depending on what, who you love at wide receiver, it's either going to be A.J. Green or Jordy Nelson. Um, I think A.J. Green is in for a big year. Um, injuries really held him back last year. Um, but before those injuries took him down, he was on a career pace, career best pace season. Um, I really believe he can put that up this year again. You got to stay healthy. Um, if you don't want to risk, you know, AJ Green because you're kind of like I don't know, blah blah blah. Then I think Jordy Nelson is an easy pick in a PPR format. Again, 92% consistent last year in a PPR format. Kind of hard to beat at your number six pick. But if you know wider, if you know running backs are going to go heavy uh, late in the round. Uh, late in the first round or early second before it gets back to you, then I think LaShawn McCoy is a good pick. Um, and then, you know, wait, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll get lucky and Jordy will fall to you in the middle of the second. Probably not. But, but you can always get, like I said, some good guys. I mean, I've seen Dez go in the middle of the second. That's a good pick. Um, you know, there's some good wide receivers you can get as a solid middle, um, you know, middle of the second round. But I think it's either going to be McCoy or like I said, AJ or Jordy, depending on your uh, amount of risk you want to take. But that's that's who I've been picking sixth or seventh in the middle of those rounds. Um, in fact, I did the uh, Fantasy League of Experts draft in New York City last weekend, and I had the sixth pick, and I took AJ Green because McCoy was gone. And then I was yeah. hoping Jordy would fall, and it didn't happen. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll be honest, and, I, and I'm selfish for asking this because I'm in – and it's only a 10-team league. It's just a, mm. a friends league. Um, PPR, I got the sixth pick, and when I got it, it was like two days ago. I was like, damn, two days ago, <laughs> man, like this pick would have been awesome. I would have been like, yeah, I got, I got Julio or Odell Beckham coming my way. And now it's like, man, now I don't know what to do. And <laughs> To be know, honest with you, I wouldn't pick Julio, um, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think Julio is a great player, but his consistency last year. His ranking is awful. I know. um, And and here's the thing, and here's why I don't think it's going to change. You know, in 2015, Julio was second in total points, tied for third with an 88% clutch rating, but the Falcons sucked. Last year, they spread the ball around. They used their two great running backs – to keep the defenses honest, and they came within a field goal of winning a freaking Super Bowl. Why would you change what was successful last year? Why would you say, well, you know what? Julio's feelings were hurt. No, you're going to keep doing that and keep right. spreading the ball around and using Julio when Julio's open. Um, but if he's double teamed, you're going to throw the ball to Tyler Gabriel or Sanu or Coleman out of the backfield, and you win yeah. football games. So that's the only thing that scares me about Julio is that he was ranked 21st in consistency last year. Yeah, he was sixth in total points, but that was because he had that huge game, you know, in in, in the season. Um, I'm huge really, game. I'm, a, I'd be afraid if Julio, if it was between Julio and AJ Green and Jordy Nelson, I, Julio's third. I'm sorry, I, I just, I'm not going to, not at that point, I'm not going to take him. And I think Julio Jones is a great player. But I want to win my fantasy leagues. I I don't care about Julio's feelings. It's the way it is. <laughs> oh, that's that's where yeah, I'm at. With him. It it is interesting. And honestly, I had the second pick last year in one of my in in my fantasy six pack draft and took Julio. 
started out like 0 and 4, was like, I need to change something. Traded Julio for DeMarco and Diggs, and then won like six in a row, and was like, okay. <laughs> um, right. So that, that worked out pretty well. But yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I mean, Julio was frustrating. You know, he, huge game, lo, no, nothing. Huge game, nothing. Huge game, nothing. It, 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 but I don't know. It's, it still was interesting. And I, I, I agree with you totally on Green and that, you know, he's a monster, but. He's seemingly always injured. It feels like right. he's just no. Like I said, that's what I said. Jordy like, knows that. <laughs> Man, I feel like I feel like Jordy would be there in the middle of the second round in the ten team league. Yeah, for he, me, well, a ten team, he might be there. Yes. Yeah, so he like might. I might so be able to go McCoy and then grab Jordy on the way right. back, and I would be that would like, be, oh my gosh, I that might have to excuse myself at the draft table if you. Yeah, know that mean. might be another <laughs> like, another chubby there. I get just, you. Just like just like AJ was talking about. So, <laughs> all right, so we've gotten a little right, too rocky here so for this, but uh, anyway, well, man, for me on. that is all we got for the sh- for with you for tonight. Um, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, and yep. be sure to follow him, guys. Got it. At Bob underscore Lung. And, of course, the website where you can get the Fancy Football Consistency Guide is BigGuyFantasySports.com. Or you can go to Amazon, as you guys mentioned, and get it there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, and you can find the link in the description of the show. So make sure you go to Blog Talk Radio slash so-called fantasy experts to find the link to the Amazon page to, to buy, to buy the, uh, to buy the consistency guide. So Bob, great for having you on. We will definitely make sure to bring you back sooner than two years from now. We got lazy, <laughs> yeah. we got lazy with bringing on guests. It is totally just our fault. We just got lazy, man. It's nothing to do with you. Definitely great information. We learned a lot and I hope everybody listening right. did too. So have a good night, All man. Right. We will talk to you. Thanks soon. guys. Have a good right. one. Thanks, Bob. All right. Have a good night. All right, man. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, man. All super good information. I love talking to him about that. And, you know, honestly, just kind of bumped into him randomly in a, in a mock draft we did with the guys from Fighting Chance Fantasy. Um, and I was like, wow, I, I just kind of forgot for some reason. And I remember two years ago bringing him on and it was great. It was a great information. Uh, and I'm I'm so glad we brought him back because it just reminds me of all the stuff I, all this, all the ways I used to think about things, and I'm, I'm like, I, I kind of got away from it, and I just kind of want to get back to it. But so we've got some news to talk about, and obviously the big hammer that came down was the Ezekiel Elliott news. Um, don't want to get into what happened. I think we all know at this point but he is now suspended for six games as of now. Um, this could all change. He did appeal it. The hearing for the appeal will be on August 29th. So that's going to be interesting. We will, we will see what happens uh, on August 29th. I, I guess there's, I hear there's a post, to make a ruling on the appeal within, I think I heard 10, 12 days. Regardless, yeah, this I, puts us in a really weird position for fantasy. And I know I don't want to look, I don't want to take light of what happened and why he got suspended, but let's be honest. That's not why we're here. I mean, nobody is here to listen to us talk about 
what went wrong, why he did wrong, if he's a good guy. You're here to listen about the fantasy news, and we know that. If you want to listen to all that kind of stuff, go to ESPN Radio. They talk about it nonstop. Go to other media sites. You know They will give you that. We don't have time for that. We will give you the straight-up fantasy news. AJ, where are you drafting him knowing that he has a six-game suspension right now and it may or may not get knocked down to four and there's also the possibility that he goes the Tom Brady route and takes the court. And honestly, and if people are not aware of this, while your case is appealed, you can play. That's how Tom Brady got away with it two years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, if 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 I were Jerry Jones, well, I'd hate my life, but um, I <laughs> would probably push to do that. Um, dig it, dig it, the Cowboys, obviously from the uh, NFC East rivals, guys. Right. But um, I probably wouldn't hate. My I life would not hate rich. my life, by the way, if I yeah. were Jerry Jones. But, uh, he is very, very rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, August 29th is what a week and a half or so before first game. Um, you know, so even if it's if it's going to take that ten days or so to to get back, you know, and you're banking on him somehow winning this appeal just flat out. Uh, then, then go ahead and draft him in the first round like you would had none of this even come out. But I do think that you have to keep this in mind because it's going to affect him. And, and the only way, frankly, I think he, he gets around this is by going the Tom Brady route. And that's where I was getting at Jerry Jones. He's a smart man. He He should be pushing them to go this route and try to take it to court to just flat out push this appeal of an entire football season. Now they may not wait that long to do it uh, like they did with Brady, but once things get into court, who knows? Um, the, the interesting thing that I saw today is that Harold Henderson has been named to hear Elliot's appeal and he's the same yep. arbiter who heard the Adrian Peterson appeal and the Greg Hardy appeal. Yep. So, you know, I, I yeah, I, I don't know if that's, that's good or bad for Zeke, but I think it's um, bad. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I so again, man, like, so, so where are you drafting him today? I, if all, I, if knowing, I'm drafting today, today, where are you drafting him? I'm not going to get him because I'm probably taking him in the fifth round. Yep. I agree. Totally agree. I I don't want to skip too far past that because if for some reason he is sitting there, I'm going to jump on him. And even if I had like a a pick, you know, an early pick in the fifth round. So I'm, I'm drafting in the, you know, the one or two hole as it is, or three, I may try to grab him at the end of the fourth, but I, you know, for for such an unknown, it's very hard to take that on. And nope. what we just talked about with consistency, 
you're going to have no consistency out of him for potentially six games, or if for some reason Henderson has his way and he totally flips around and makes him more games, which I don't think will happen. But no, no, that that's definitely not you know, going to happen. Or if like he that's... just you know upholds it and says, "Yeah, screw you, you're out six games," then yeah, you're going to have no consistency from a number one running back who hopefully you're not banking on being your number one guy. So, yeah. But I think most people are. I think people are still going to reach for him in the first, uh, definitely in the second and third. I think the second and third is probably where I'm going to see him go in most of my drafts. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to take him still in like late second, early third. And and I'm right with you, man. I won't get him. I've got him. I just I just recently moved him back up to number, I think, 18 as my running back is what I just did in standard. I initially moved him all the way down to 21 and rethought it. I moved him right down below um, Abdullah, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I don't know. I My feeling is is that, look, you can't draft him too early because he's missing not just six weeks. Cowboys have a bye week in week seven. So you lose him for seven weeks. Most, yeah, that's most, most leagues, you've got, what, 12, 13 weeks of the regular season. <clears throat> so, you know, a lot of people are thinking, okay, I'm going to get him for, you know, another nine weeks of the season. No, you're not. No, you're not. You've got to make the playoffs to get him for that long. Yeah. You know, so can you make the playoffs with him missing that much time? And if in order to get him, what we're just saying is absolutely happening. You have to draft him in the third round at the latest. You've pretty yeah. much got to draft him in the third round because people are still enamored with Ezekiel Elliott. And there are still there is going to be somebody who's going to go, oh, He's only going to get four games, or the suspension is going to get dropped, or who knows? It'll get all the way appealed, and he'll play all season. That's fine. I'm not taking that risk. You know who's going to take that risk? The same person who drafted Josh Gordon for the last two years. <laughs> How'd no. that work out for you? Um, it didn't work out, right? Well, I mean, it's just like it's crazy, man. Like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pick a guy who I know is automatically going to miss that much time who I have to pay the same price as somebody who I know could play the whole season. Yeah, I realize well, he's going to come back say, and be a monster. He's going to come back and be a monster. If you absolutely. can draft well and do it, perfect. You you have to have a lot of things fall in place. If if you <clears throat> jump up, say say he's sitting there for you in the third, early third, you jump on him. You've got to have a bona fide number one running back and a bona fide number one receiver for your one two pick. And you're going to jump on the train with him. So he's getting six. <clears throat> you're going to have to wait on quarterback easily. Tight end, who the hell cares? You're not even worried about a tight end at this nope. point. You're going to stream a damn tight end because that's a dead position to you. Um, and, and you can stream a defense that's playing Cleveland every damn week. Um, because you know they're going to put up hopefully 
you know, eight to 12 points on, hey, on that. So they're not the Jets. Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Well, fine. Then oh, whoever, sorry, whoever's just, playing the Jets. You got two good ones to go with. Um, anyway. My point here is a lot of things need to fall in place. You got to get lucky with the guys that you draft in those mid to later rounds and ha- hope that they break out. And I mean, it almost kind of hamstrings you from taking risks on some of these rookies that, that might pan out and be pretty good. Um, and the other thing, yeah, you can make the playoffs at six and seven. If you're in a 10 team league, I, I've never done it in a 12 team league. I don't think, but I'm trying to think of how the, the fantasy six pack league went last year. If we had a, under 500 team make the playoffs. Um, but if you have six teams going into playoffs, then go for it. I mean, y- you can still make the playoffs, but it's way too, too much of a risk for me. So anyway, what, uh, let me, we'll, so, move, we'll move on from this, let, but let, let me, let me make one more point. So right. the thing I will say about Zeke is that the other, the, the other argument you hear all over the place and, and, I, and I argued with somebody on Twitter about this. Uh, the guy was like, look, I will absolutely take Zeke over all of these guys because I know that when he comes back, I've got a stud. Okay, fine. But how are you going to replace him? And the argument was, oh, well, I'll just draft McFadden. Are you sure McFadden's the guy? Are you sure? Because they've got they've – got, um, what's his and name? And Alfred Morris. Uh, they got Alfred Morris. They've got they've got two other guys who are, are half decent too. They, they've got mm, I don't think they've Dunbar anymore. Um, Pretty sure but, they do. See, I, someone, I, somebody is there. I, I can't remember. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Go ahead and finish your point. But, but anyway, so the point is okay. Even even regardless, even if we don't can't figure out who the hell the Dallas Cowboys still have uh, for some reason. Um, it's 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 a little bizarre to think, okay, so I'm just going to absolutely go out and get the McFadden, get the Morris, get the Ronnie Hillmans, get the Rod Smiths. Those are the guys I'm talking about. Yeah. Those guys, like, who of those four are going to be the absolute guy that's just going to replace him? And, I mean, we've seen what Ronnie have, Hillmans And the thing is, the thing no is, though, is you're going to – okay, so look, everybody's going after, after, after McFadden. Even if you want to go get Zeke and then McFadden, you're basically wasting two picks on one running back. Yeah, right. You really are. Because you're going to have to go and get McFadden in round like you have to round well, nine at the latest. I mean, somebody's going to go be like, "Ooh, I'm going to take a running back two or a flex guy in round eight for the first six weeks of the season, and then." figure it out from there. I will. Why not? Yeah. It's the same thing that happened last year with Bell. Everybody ran out and grabbed D. Willie and he panned out. I mean, he was a, he was a quality better. He was actually better than Bell. Yeah. (laughs) On a per game basis, he was better than Bell. It was crazy. So, and anyway, we, we've beat the, the Zeke thing into the ground. Um, no pun intended, but uh, let's uh, let's move on here and uh, talk about right. these uh, 
these couple of trades that the Bills finagled with shipping their their golden receiver boy, Sammy Watkins, um, Mr. Glass Joe, out to the L.A. Rams. And then they went and flipped and 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 went back to the Eagles and acquired Jordan Matthews. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Who who wins this this trade? The the Eagles, the Bills, the Rams, nobody. The Rams, I guess. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I, 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 I think it's got to be the Rams. I mean, I think ultimately they they got the best player. Um, if he can stay healthy. And that's been a big concern. We talked about Watkins a bunch on this show for the last couple of weeks. You know, when we talked about Tyrod, when we talked about McCoy, when we talked about Watkins and then Zay Jones, like Watkins always comes up because he's like, well, it, all these guys value depends on Watkins. Well, now it's Jared Goff and Gurley depend on Watkins. And it's, it's interesting. I, I think it actually raises both of their values up you know, when he's on the field. So I, I think the Rams ultimately win. The question is, where do where do the losses come from on the Bills side? And as much as I loved Tyrod beforehand, I'm now kind of not loving it so much. And I still like him only because of what he has shown without Watkins. But if you give me a full season of what of without Watkins, I don't like him. The point with Tyrod was he was good, good enough without Watkins on the field. And if you do the splits, uh, I've got an article on Fantasy Six Pack where I've got a bunch of fantasy resources to use and that I highly recommend. And one of them is this Rotoviz split tool where you can look at players and how they perform other players on or off the field. And if you look at Tyrod's numbers with Watkins on the field versus off the field, they're pretty different. And if you give me a whole season with Tyrod without Watkins, it's not great. Now, I know he's not going to totally lose the Watkins thing because he is getting Jordan Matthews, but – do we really like Jordan Matthews? Is he consistent? No, definitely not. Because he drops a lot of passes, and so you lose that. Um, you know, Watkins definitely – or Tyrod definitely drops to that high-end quarterback two for me. I actually had him in in the low end of quarterback ones. I, I liked him a lot this year. And I just, you know, was kind of banking on Watkins playing more games. And – Tyrod performing and McCoy being good and Zay Jones getting there. And then the addition of Bolden was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot for Tyrod and then they lose Watkins and you're like, what the hell? So I, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. I don't like it for the bills. I love it for McCoy. I love it for McCoy. McCoy has shot above three running backs. He is right behind. He is my number three running back. Now I have no doubt about it because who else are they going to give the ball to there? They've got three slot receivers. What the hell? What are they doing? So I don't know what to do. As far as Matthews, I, like I said, I don't, I'm not really feeling it. The, you know, the Eagles, I don't even know who the hell they got back. A corner? 
You know, what did they get he's back? He's got a corner. Oh, I can't remember. And his he's name not even good. I don't even think he's very good. So I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get. I mean, but they. I, I think it's kind of a toss-up. I, I don't. I don't know if I feel like there's a winner or a big loser team-wise. No, there's a lot of big names. Yeah, I, I agree that the Rams get the best player of the the guys that were traded uh, with Watkins. You know, he's going to a team now that hired an offensive-minded coach in in Sean McVay. Um, you know, they they got. Uh, and this is coming straight from fantasy pros, you know, they got a top offensive lineman in free agent to help protect Jared Goff's blind side. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know. He, he's, he's, you know, he's going to get his targets. So he's got potential, but Goff's still learning. And, and we saw what, he put up in, in limited action last year it was not good. Um, you know, Tyrod to me is late years ahead of, of Jared Goff right now. Goff's got potential and upside, you know, for the future, but I'll still take my, my VT boy any day of the week. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, Matthews or, or I'm sorry, Watkins, when he was in Buffalo, the other reason he made Tyrod so good is because he was a deep threat. So he could get him these deep throw, you know, big yardage chunks, but he could also open the field for Tyrod to run. So, I mean, Matthews, I don't really see him as a stretch the field kind of guy. Bolden used to be able to stretch the field, you know, no, and, and, a, I, and I love fly. Bolden, but he's, he's, not, he's not that guy anymore. Um, no, he's basically tight end now. Yeah, so last week. I agree. It's gonna it's gonna hurt Tyrod's value, help Shady's value. Um, Matthews is is an average receiver. I mean, he he's decent, he's serviceable, but he drops the ball, whatever. So, you know, the other the other kicker here is the Eagles. I mean, they they didn't need Matthews because they brought in Alshon, they brought in Torrey Smith. Um, you know, they they had a solid receiving crew with those two guys alone, you know, and, and Matthews was the obvious choice to slide into the slot. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they needed help in cornerback, so I guess it's a win-win for them. Um, but, it's yeah, like I said, I, I don't really see any winners or losers here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, but Anyway, we're uh, running a little behind here, so let's move right ahead to our ADP talk. So, you know, we did some analysis that compared the Fantasy Pros ADP, average draft position, versus the Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings. And, you know, we, we found some guys that have a, a pretty drastic difference in their ADP versus their ECR, the expert consensus rankings. And, you know, we're going to throw a couple guys back and forth at each other and get some analysis here just to give you some examples. And, and you know, I'll start here, and, and I'm just going to throw one at you just because you're an Eagles boy. LeGarrette Blunt right now has an ECR, a rank, an expert 
consensus rankings of 74 overall. Now, this is standard. His ADP is 63. So that's a difference of 11 spots. It's almost a full round in most leagues. What's, well, which side do you agree on and, and why? I mean, you look at his numbers last year, and and he was a, a solid workhorse first, second down back for New England, mind you, that rotates running backs every week. Uh, and, and one guy is going to be great. The next week he's going to be garbage. So to me, that was impressive. I think he comes into a good position in Philly. Um, I think I got to side a little hmm. – I think 63 might be a little early. Uh, so I, I mean, I hate to say I want him in the middle there, but I'd side a little closer to the ECR, I think, on that one. Yeah, I know the one thing for me, and first when I saw the move to the Eagles, and then heard about the Matthews stuff being, you know, he's potentially being dropped, and he was cut just a couple of days, just yesterday, I think. Uh, so, uh, you know, I first initially thought, oh, man, Blunt's going to be the guy. Why not? But you start hearing all these things about how he just hasn't looked explosive in camp and the first preseason game he wasn't good. So I'm going to keep an eye on him because I, I think there could – I think his stock could drop a little bit. And so maybe it, it, that flip-flops. Um, but ultimately, like, he really could be the only show in town. So maybe maybe his – ADP is correct. I, I'm still kind of up in the air with him. I think there's a lot of analysis that will be done. Um, but anyway, I'll let you uh, take a shot at me. What you got? We'll, we'll go with the guy that we, we've already talked about, and I know you've talked about, Mr. Mark Ingram down in uh, New Orleans. <clears throat> His expert rank right now, consensus rank, is 47 and he's being drafted all the way down at 53. So about a half round behind the, the consensus rankings. What what are your thoughts on Ingram? You know, look, in, Ingram's got a lot of a lot of competition there. Um with Adrian Peterson uh Come, I wish his last name Kamara. Kamara, yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, I I don't really know what to think about him. I mean, I ultimately think he is going to be, um, I I think he's going to be good, and and, and I kind of think he might be a little a little undervalued here um, as far as ADP. I think he could prove a lot of people wrong. I don't really know if I believe the fact that Adrian Peterson is going to come back and start looking the same again. Um, you know, they've been, I think I've been hearing news that they're trying him in the passing game more. And even if they aren't, even if they're trying to use Adrian Peterson more in the run game, Ingram's going to take that, that passing game role. And we've seen how successful that could be for the Saints and how at any given time, Sean Payton just goes, 
this guy's hot. I'm giving him the ball all game long. I mean, yeah, I see why you see wouldn't. Every week I'm down there. Yeah, I mean, I see why you wouldn't want to draft Ingram that high because of that question mark every week, it seems like. But, you know, where he's being drafted, I mean, if you can get him as late as that, it's crazy. Uh, it seems like a total steal. Uh, I've got him ranked a, a little bit higher than 47. I will tell you that. So his ADP of 53, I'm probably going to have Ingram on a lot of my teams. Let's put it that way. So I I, I like him. Yeah, he he could turn into – you know, the old Darren Sproles when he was there and, and be that dynamic. He can run too. That's the thing. He I know. That's the too. difference. He he can be a, a running bell cow if you need one, uh, you know, if and when Peterson goes down for something. But if, if that's the way they're looking at it and shifting him more to the passing game with, with some maybe third down runs or whatever, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be valuable. Yeah. So the next guy I'm going to ask you about here is Emmanuel Sanders. Another guy that has an 11 difference in ADP versus ECR, but it's the opposite way. He is, his ECR is 51. His ADP is 62. So the experts think that he should be drafted much higher than where he is. Do you agree? Um, yeah. Well, not much higher than he is. No. I mean, if his ADP is that far down, I love the value there. I think he is valuable because it's really him and, and D-Train, Demarius Thomas, that are going to get – the absolute lion's share of passes in that, that offense. Um, and I think it was brought up last or no, two weeks ago on the receiving show. Uh, we Alex, talked about yep. it with, with, uh, well, receivers was Dennis. Um, oh, Dennis had the, oh, the right. No, but Alex is the one that, Alex is oh, the one that, the, uh, because we, we talked about, uh, AJ, um, ah. AJ Derby, and he talked Derby, about how that's, the, that's what it was. Sorry. Yeah, he talked about how like outside of the top two target guys on the Broncos for the last year, year and a half, it's been like nothing. It's been like thirty yeah. targets. <laughs> it's been crazy, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it was. Sorry, Dennis. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. But uh, yeah, no, I I like Sanders, but my problem there is I don't love their quarterback situation and. No. You got Trevor Simeon. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, I, I he's well. I, I almost want to say he's slightly an upgrade over Peyton Manning's last season because Peyton was so bad there. But uh, yeah, that, that's hard. That's hard to say. Um, and my wife would probably not uh, like hearing that. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. I do like Sanders. I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily going for either one of these receivers just because I, I don't know about that offense. The defense is fantastic, but that offense still needs some work overall, I feel like. So keeping with the uh, receiver train here, 
we'll go with your home team here and and talk Mr. Jamison Crowder. Consensus ranking is 66 right now. His ADP is all the way down at 82. 16 points different. I mean, what are people just not believing in Crowder at all? Aside from the experts? Uh yeah, apparently. Uh apparently people don't realize how good. You know what this is? This is this is people doing the drafts, looking at last year's stats and looking at them only and thinking, okay, he only caught this many passes. He only had this many yards. He only had this many touchdowns. But not thinking about the fact that Garcon's gone, that Djax is gone. Yes, I get it. They brought in Terrell Pryor. Doxon is, you know, hopefully healthy. Crowder is the only guy that's there besides Reed, who's hurt half the season, that is consistent from the year before. And as Bob alluded to, her cousins love this guy. Crowder, at before he even had got, I think he got dinged up last year. So before he got dinged up, he was on pace to be like a like a top twenty wide receiver last year. He yeah. was on a monster season. So without those other guys that Cousins is used to and is you know relied on. I think Crowder can be a complete monster. I've got him ranked 70th, so I've actually got him ranked slightly behind the other experts, too, on average. But it's still way ahead of his ADP. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that he's 16 difference. And I, you know, and I've got him at 12 difference. So, And then if you look at PPR, I mean, he skyrockets up for me. Um, you know, he plays the slot. I think he's going to play a little outside this year, too. He's just going to get thrown the ball a lot. He's going to be relied upon. And out of all the receivers, I'm taking Crowder over Pryor. And Pryor's on this list, so we'll cross him off not to talk about him. But I'm taking Crowder over Pryor. So there you have it. I don't rely on – I'm not relying on Pryor to have a, a repeat of last year. I know he's a monster athlete, but it's, I'm, I don't know. There's just something about him that I'm like, last year was his first year as a real wide receiver. I mean, can he do it again? Is there enough tape? You know, there might be tape on him. So I like Crowder to, to be the man this year in, in Washington. So I will say I do think – Fryer can can be successful. I mean, look at where he was last year, and look at the different all the different quarterbacks he had throwing to him, and he still managed to be a monster. But yeah, there is now tape on him. People are going to game plan for him because yep. Kirk Cousins a- is a solid quarterback, um, but he loves to throw the ball, and their running game is, eh, who knows? So, I I, I think. Pryor's probably getting leaned on a little too high, but yeah, I like Crowder out of, out of the the receiving core there. I definitely like Crowder the most as well. All right, so we'll, we'll go one more each here because we are really running out of time. Um, 
Let's let's see here. You know, let's go with let's go with a little bit bigger of a name. Allen Robinson. Not not as high of a difference. Negative six. Um ECR is thirty, ADP is thirty-six. I got two questions for you. Do you which one do you agree with? Or and do you agree with any of them? Like, do you think he should go lower or just higher than both of those in general? Because there's a huge discrepancy about this guy, like huge variance of opinions on, on Alan Robinson this year. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Threw me the tough one. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. I I do like Robinson. I, I like his upside very much. Um. But, you know, and we actually talked about the the fact that Bortles has wow, – what what was my stat? I think he was top nine like the last yep, two top nine years. Last two years. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous um, mm-hmm. to be able to do that and, and to be able to do it where he is. But a big reason for that is because he's got Allen Robinson – to throw to and, and Allen Robinson is is a stud. I, I mean, I really like this guy a lot. He's he's only 24 years old. Um, you know, he's he's shown that he can be a solid and consistent guy. I mean, obviously, his two years ago he he had 14 touchdowns. He drops all the way down to only six last year. Um, so so that that is scary uh, to, to look at. I think where we have him, consensus rank is 30, ADP is 36. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, you're talking mid-third round. Are you taking him in the third round? No. I, I think I would probably – if see if he falls to the fourth round, but I don't think that he will. But that's that's so, probably where I'm looking for him. I think his his ADP is even a little high. So so Both so rapid high. so rapid fire. You're taking Amari Cooper ahead of him. Mm. No, I don't like Cooper. I would I would pass on him too. Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Yes or no? <sighs> yes. Demarius Thomas. Yes. All right. I mean, these are the guys that are actually ranked right below him, at least in my rankings. Well, actually, I've got Cooper one ahead of him, like literally one ahead of him. But yeah, Jeffrey I, I don't like Cooper right at all. Him. So, okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, last one for me, uh, man. Go. Go with someone we haven't really talked about much. Uh. Mr. Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae He's, Adams is interesting. Um, he, yeah, 37 ECR. Sorry, I cut you off. I know we're trying to get done here. 37 ECR, 44 ADP, so a seven difference here. You know, he, he's apparently a little bit of a, a value in drafts. And, and you know, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I love Adams this year. I've actually got him ranked 19th overall. So I like him way more than a lot of people. Wow. Uh, I'm just, 
I don't know. I love what he did last year. He showed promise two years ago. Had a had a or he showed a promise. What was it three years ago? I guess now two years ago. Maybe I'm mixing. He was up. injured. <laughs> yeah, two I years think, ago yeah, he was like two years bad. ago he was out. And then last year he was really good again. Um, but two years ago it was different. Jordy was out. A lot of the focus was on him. So I don't think he was ready for that yet. And then last year he kind of grew and got better, was able to make plays. Aaron Rodgers trusts him, and that's a big, big factor for me liking a Green Bay receiver. And it's one of the reasons why I don't like Cobb this much this year is because Adams has become the guy that Rodgers goes to second behind Jordy. So when Adams is taking that role, Cobb is going to get left out. Cobb's going to have his, but it's not going to be a lot. And so I like Adams a lot. I've got him ranked really high. It, you know, it, it might be too high, but I mean, like, think about some of the guys that got him ahead of Isaiah Crowell. Really? Brandon Cooks. We don't know. Doug Baldwin. Consistent, but fine. In PPR, Baldwin blows him away. Fournette, Keenan Allen, Carlos Hyde, McCaffrey, Cook, Hilton, Gronk, Elliott, Cooper. All these guys, like, they they all have question marks. So why not put Adams that high? Adams has question marks, but I think Adams has a higher ceiling than guys like Cooks, who is in an offense where any given week, Belichick just decides to not throw the ball to one guy. Like it's crazy. Like that happens all the time. So, I'm I, I like him a lot. But anyway, we need to close the show before time runs out. Um, thank you for listening to us. We will be back next week, talking news and other preseason notes and things like that. So uh, be sure to to listen in. AJ, you got anything else? All I was gonna say is Devonte is very touchdown dependent. Alrighty. Solid. Yes. <laughs> touchdown dependent. Also, yes. I, li- I like him in standard, and that's all that matters. In PPR, he drops, but in in uh, in in standard leagues, that's why he's 19. Mark my word. In standard, man, touchdowns matter. Anyway, we got to roll. Everyone have a good night. See you all next week. All right. Have a good one.